Let me know if this sounds like you. You're a teacher who's at their wits end, burned out, or maybe you're just stressed to the max. You want to get on the road to burnout recovery, but you don't know what to do, how to get there, or if it's even possible. I hear you and I want to help, but we didn't get into burnout on the same path. So why should recovery be any different? That's why I wanted to share with you a brand new free resource that I have on my website. It's called the Personalized Roadmap to Teacher Burnout Recovery. In this quick, less than five minute quiz, you'll answer questions that will help identify your needs, your strengths, and your weaknesses. Once you've completed it, you will have access to the personalized roadmap to burnout recovery that's going to give you your next best steps to take on your recovery journey, packed with resources and support along the way. Head over to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash quiz or head over to the link in the show notes. I cannot wait to see your action steps along the way. Enjoy today's episode. Hey, hey, teacher friend, you're listening to episode 25 of the Resilient Teacher Podcast. One of the things that so many educators ask me is how to reignite their passion for teaching, especially like in the midst of burnout. And today's guest is such an inspiration, a real motivator, but also dealt with some extremely heavy burnout and a complete mental breakdown. So if you're like, there's no way out or I'm stuck or I just need to find that spark, this is the episode for you. I want you to listen along as I chat with Chad Pettit, who you may know as that teacher guy on TikTok, as we discuss his mental breakdown during the height of his TikTok road to fame, reigniting and reclaiming passion for teaching, the mindset shift for the teacher shortage and the motivation to start putting yourself first. So let's go hang out with Chad. Hey there, and welcome to the Resilient Teacher Podcast, the podcast giving overwhelmed and burned out teachers inspiration, sustainable strategies, and reigniting passion for teaching. I'm Brittany, a special education teacher and teacher resilience and retention strategist, and I am on a mission to inspire educators to prioritize their mental health and individualize their self-care routines so that they can live a balanced, fulfilling life as an educator while making a bigger impact in their classrooms and communities. Each week, I'll be sharing tips, strategies, mindset shifts, and discussing hot topics in teacher resilience with other knowledgeable experts so that you can ditch the overwhelm, prevent burnout, and create the life you've been dreaming about. So let's get started, and let me remind you that you too are a resilient teacher. Before we get into this episode, I want to give a community reviewer of the week shout out to Jessica Norton, who is fast becoming a real online friend to me after she found the podcast through TikTok. And we've been messaging back and forth. She left a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and said, girl, thank you so much for finding the time to put this podcast together. I'm on episode eight. And although I haven't really put much into play from what you taught us, I have just built such a more positive outlook already. I appreciate you. And I'm really excited to continue on this journey with you. Also, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy life to respond to me on Instagram. And yes, like I've truly enjoyed chatting with you, Jess, and your support for the podcast through our chats, you know, sharing the podcast on TikTok, just everything is so much appreciated as well. I really do like enjoy talking to other educators, chatting about burnout, their struggles, as well as just making new friends. So if you're listening to the podcast, you like what you hear, the best way to support the podcast is to leave a review on Apple Podcasts because it makes the algorithm do its thing and find more educators who need this type of support, tips, validation, motivation. Plus, I'd love to feature you in the community reviewer of the week section. 
And speaking of making friends online who just get it, today's guest is such a positive inspiration to teachers. If you haven't met Chad already, he's one of those popular teacher creators on TikTok. He has over 150,000 followers currently as that teacher guy, but he's also super real. And you're going to want to hear his vulnerable story as we discuss it today. Chad Pettit is a high school English teacher and teacher consultant for the Central Texas Writing Project. He's passionate about education and helping teachers avoid burnout by coaching them through effective pedagogical strategies and encouraging them to reclaim their passion. He's a published author and poet, and he has a master's degree in rhetoric and composition. Hey, Chad. Welcome to the Resilient Teacher Podcast. I am so excited to have you on the show. Hey, Brittany. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be here. So if you haven't met Chad before, he's kind of like a celebrity on TikTok. So Chad, if the audience hasn't met you before, can you tell them a little bit about your teaching experience? Like how did you become one of the big wigs on the clock app? Yeah, I don't know if I'd say big wig, but uh, (laughs) somehow I got... Uh, we'll call it TikTok popular. How about that? That's a good one. <laughs> That's what Teaching Miss H <laughs> says. Uh, yeah, so I've been teaching high school English language arts for about seven years now. I love it. Definitely has its challenges. But uh, I started posting on TikTok just as an outlet, just like a therapeutic jokes kind of thing. And Yeah, same. Th- yeah, and it just started resonating with people. People started, you know, relating. You know, they'd, they'd comment on one of my teacher videos and they'd say, this relatable, like this is the most accurate thing I've ever seen. And I'm like, so my experience isn't like everybody else is just like everybody else's like, okay. Uh, so I started posting more pointed stuff about what we do as teachers and what our experience is like. Yeah. And it started getting really personal. Like I, I started realizing the amount of trauma that other teachers have, not just me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the burnout that everybody was experiencing. And, you know, I'm just posting these like jokes and everybody's like, no, that's totally accurate. Mm-hmm. So somehow that's how I became the big wig, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So I can relate to that because I just started posting during the pandemic because I wanted to share what I was doing, wanting to support teachers with ways to handle the virtual, the hybrid, the tech struggles, all of that. And some were just because I was being silly or funny. But then I started realizing how burned out everyone was, how many educators were leaving the profession. And I felt this need to shift what I was bringing to the table because I'd researched for years about self-care, self-preservation, and I had this huge passion for self-improvement. It wasn't that teachers just needed help with technology stuff. They needed real support, real sustainable strategies, and I'd been burned out. Like I'd lost myself before. I never wanted another educator to have to Google for hours on hours how to get out of the state of mind. And I know you have a story that's really relatable about your mental health breakdown. And that was like at the height of your road to fame. So do you mind sharing a little bit about that? Yeah. So have you ever watched one of those uh, MTV behind the music things or something Mm -hmm. like that? The VH1. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the behind the scenes was awful. Uh, I was when everything was really taken off, like I could post about peanut butter and it would go viral. (laughs) It didn't matter what I did. Everything was taken off. Like I had all the, all the algorithm favor in the world. Um, TikTok gods were shining on me and you'd think this guy's life is amazing. Um, but the reality is, no, I actually am a teacher and I really was living a teacher experience and I had a complete mental breakdown to the point of, I was out of work for about a week. Oh my gosh. I didn't go in at all. I, I, I couldn't function. 
uh, I couldn't distinguish between fiction and reality. Mm-hmm. I was uh, probably the, probably the worst case of self deprecation and self loathing and mm-hmm. negative self speak that I've ever gone through. Um, to the point of where I'd really convinced myself that I am just unwanted, unloved, and um, everything I'm doing in life is completely pointless. Mm. There is no reason for me to continue in education anymore. Um, and it, it even so, even thoughts of self-harm, like it got really wow. bad. And that's when I was getting 20,000 followers a day. Like, is, this is not real. This isn't happening, which made it worse. Yeah. It, it made it so much worse because then the imposter syndrome set in in a, in a massive way. And I was talking to people in my life, my my wife and, and friends and saying, you know, these people are looking to me and I, they don't know. They don't, they don't know. Now, outside looking at that logic, here's a person who thinks no one loves him talking to his wife and friends. Yeah. <laughs> you can't even yeah. see, like you're so in the jar that you can't see the label. And I, I really just had to come to a point where okay, I need, I need for real therapy. And, um, I was already in therapy, but I started getting really, really deep into it. And it was, my therapist kept saying, it's going to get worse before it gets better. I'm like, I wish you'd stop saying that because every time you say that it gets worse. She said, it's going to get worse. Well, I hit absolute complete and hundred percent total rock bottom. And there's nowhere, you know, it's the cliche. There's nowhere to go, but up from there. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I, I went up and so I started telling myself, you know what, you're worthy, you're, you're worthy of love and you you matter and you know what, you are loved. And it became a mantra. Yeah. It became a looking in the mirror saying you are worthy of value. You are worthy of being appreciated and you, you, you do matter and the work you're doing matters and you are Absolutely. loved. Look at the people around you, look at your students and, um, and it just became a, a mantra that I started using in my TikToks and it started really resonating with people. So yeah, it was absolutely the worst time during the best time. I really hate to interrupt this episode, but I've got to bring you this really quick and remind you that getting help from a licensed professional is not a weakness. If you've listened to more than just this episode, you will notice that all of the educators that I speak with cite that therapy helped them through their tough times. And hey, while this podcast is meant to be helpful, it is not a replacement for therapy. I know so many educators who struggle with finding quality therapy near them or have difficulty managing appointments to see a therapist when our schedules as educators aren't really conducive for appointments to get help. That's why I've partnered with Talkspace, which is a comprehensive online mental health treatment website with various options to meet all of your needs. You can get ongoing support from a licensed professional from the comfort of your home, your car, wherever, because it's completely virtual and they accept many insurance plans as well. Stop putting yourself on the back burner because of the commute times and the scheduling hassles. Head over and save $100 on your first month at teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash Talkspace and use the code SPACE, S-P-A-C-E, for flexible plans to meet your needs and lifestyles and save money while receiving high-quality mental health care. Back to the episode. You know, I think that's one of the things that teachers don't talk about enough is that 
even if they're not like on the road to fame, you know, they have these feelings of self-doubt, imposter syndrome, and burnout can have them losing their identity, not feeling worthy of love, care. And oftentimes that's where they become so consumed with these emotions that they don't take care of themselves. They're so worried about taking care of the students in their classrooms or the system in general that they start to have these negative feelings about themselves not remaining present because the present seems so awful. And I love how honest you were about how you were feeling during that time, because I think a lot of teachers will realize how real you actually are just by you coming out and sharing that. And speaking of therapy, that's one of the things that is universal across every single teacher that I've interviewed thus far, which is like 10. And every single one of them cite therapy as a huge piece of why they're able to show up, pour back into themselves and why they're more purpose driven. And I feel very compelled to tell you, like, I'm proud of you for going into therapy. It's such a hard thing to initiate, but once you're in there, it's so powerful. And I know one of the main things you talked about on social media is the education mess that we're currently in, right? And your mission is really aligned to mine, really helping reignite that passion for teaching again. And a lot of the listeners on this podcast are actively like trying to do that, trying to beat burnout at the same time, which I know you can relate to. So when we say reignite passion, what exactly does that look like? Yeah. So I, I am a teacher in recovery. Um, Same. (laughs) And it it really, yeah. And it's, it's like, we're, we're in this we've come to TikTok for like this AA meeting, you know, and I am a teacher who completely burnt out. I had nothing left to give. And I came to a point where I realized, you know what? I have allowed the system, the changes, the pandemic, whatever you put a name, you, whatever you want to call it. I have allowed all of that to take away my passion for something I love very much. And I love educating people. Uh, what, what a privilege, what an honor to, to influence the future leaders of our country. Um, we say that flippantly as if, yeah, yeah, future leaders of our country. No, we are we are shaping the minds of future presidents, yeah. future ambassadors, future, you know, it's it is a huge, huge undertaking and a privilege. And when I look at it that way, I'm okay, I understand my mission. And I get that a lot of people have left you know, choosing themselves and choosing their mental health. And I a hundred percent respect that. Absolutely. But for me, it's, if we all leave, then who's left? People with no passion. Yeah. People who don't see the future leaders of our country, they just see bodies in the seats. And I cannot allow that to happen. And I cannot allow my joy. I, I wasn't a person who came out of high school, came out of college and started teaching. I was in the military. I worked several jobs. I was 33 when I went back to college and I was 36 when I started teaching. It, it was a whole lot of sacrifice for me to become a teacher. And I will, I refuse to allow anyone to take away all the sacrifice and all the work that I put in, that my family put in, the time they gave up, gave up for me to be with them, for me to just walk away with nothing. Right. So for me, the passion is understanding the undertaking that I have in this profession and not trying to get back to some point in time where education was whatever. It's not that. It's just an internal thing of, I love what I do. I cannot control everything, but I can definitely control what I'm doing in that classroom and I can make a difference in those kids' lives. Yeah. It's exactly like you said. We have to change our mindset to recognize that 
we have a huge undertaking as teachers to be able to mold our students into these future leaders of our country. They are just that. And so often we see these teachers who burn out, they lose that passion. And that's one of the reasons that I have this podcast. Like that's one of the reasons that I show up on social media is because I want to make an impact with those teachers to realize you know what? You can take care of yourself and you can make a bigger impact in your classrooms and communities because if we're focusing on all those problems and we're not taking care of ourselves, our energy flows where our focus goes and we're going to see all of those problems with no solution. Our brains are like these miraculous things that will find every negative possibility if that's what we're focused on. But if we find the joy and the passion, the things that you're talking about, and we realize we can't control everything, but we can control some things, that's a ripple effect towards fulfillment in our jobs and our lives. And I love the way you said that. So do you have like three or four main tips on how teachers can like reclaim their passion for teaching? So first things first, realize that you know, there's this there's this feud going on right now in, in on, on Twitter and in TikTok of is it a pa- is it a calling or is it a job? And I, why can't it be both? I feel like I was called to this profession, but it is a job, and so I know where the lines are. Yes, I leave work at work. Um, there's the work me, but my my family gets me. Yeah. Um, and you know the the guilty thing is the barber never cuts his own hair. Uh, the butcher never has the best cuts of meat. The the you know it's just the way it goes. The coach's kid suffers the worst. Mm-hmm. And so the teacher's kids are the ones who get neglected. We're not helping our kids with their homework. We're not doing all that kind of stuff. And it's like, why? Why do other people's kids get the best of me? So number one is realizing your priorities. Mm -hmm. For me, it is a calling. I am called to this profession. I could not do anything. I always felt less than. I felt empty until I became a teacher uh, as far as career fulfillment. Uh, and, and now this is, this is what I do. You know, when I get up in the morning and I'm putting on my, my clothes, I'm putting on my watch, I'm snapping it on. I'm not just slide the watch on. I'm snapping my watch on. I'm buttoning it. This is what I do. Mm-hmm. So it's really embracing that I am a teacher. I have a job. So there is a line. I bring my family, uh, my family and my work are separate. You know, there's a line of, I get to complain to my wife about my day. Mm-hmm. But then, okay, stop. She doesn't need to be part of your day at work. There needs to be a separation. Mm -hmm. So separating work from home and really deciding what is your why, like Simon Sinek says. And I know, I know teachers are sick and tired of being told, remember your why. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I mean, like get outside of teaching. Yeah. What's your why in life? What are you here for? What are the things you want to do in life? And the second part is building on that. Go live your life, man. Go live your life. Stay up late. Watch watch that show. Read that book. Uh, get up a few minutes late. You know, go last minute to that restaurant. Go somewhere on the weekend. Take the trips. Spend the time. Do the things you love doing. So when I say remember your why, I I'm I'm not saying remember your why. I'm saying find your why. And it's not just teaching. It's who are you as a person? What makes you tick? What makes Chad function? What makes Brittany function? And now what's the extension of that in your work life? What are you there for? Mm-hmm. So it's, I haven't even stepped into the classroom yet. It's all ment- mentality. And the third thing is realizing that, you know what? It's a whole lot easier to double down on kindness than to be doubled up with stress and frustration. 
And so my classroom strategy, my management strategy is just double down on kindness. And do I get taken advantage of sometimes? Sure. Sure. Um, do I have uh, other teachers looking at me like, oh, he's so lit, whatever. But you know what? If I tell those kids do X, Y, Z, they do X, Y, Z. So yeah, really embrace your core, know who you are. Once you know that, live your life the way you want to live your life and double down on kindness, man. Oh, that is so good. And so aligned to the program that I created for teachers to find their resilience again, to realize that they are resilient teachers. Um, it's called the Individualized Educare Program because I'm a special ed teacher. So like my mind works in that way that we have to individualize everything. That's one of the core parts of it is finding your core values and then finding your strengths and your weaknesses in order to build our identity outside of the classroom and then move that into the classroom to where you can find your passion again. So thanks for validating my idea for the program. But yeah, like you've got to be able to find those things and you've got to be able to integrate them in order to find that fulfillment again. And it's exactly what you said. And I always ask my guests like about their time management, because that's a huge thing with teachers, you know, like so many educators struggle with having the time to get it all done, never ending lists of to do's, swimming in overwhelm. So how do you find the time to get everything done with like your personal life, with your TikTok fame and teaching? Like, how do you do it all? I just live my life and the things that happen, happen. And I have accepted that it's okay to let some balls fall. I'm not going to keep trying to juggle them all. So we're inundated as teachers with paperwork, mm -hmm. documentation, 504s, IEPs, BIPs, all these things, right? Mm -hmm. um, email and people, look, just stop. You, you don't need to do it all. Right. You can't do it all. If you were to actually try to accomplish all the things teachers are expected to do in these modern times, 2022, you would need 36 hours a day, mm -hmm. nine days a week. But you don't have it. No. So realize that it's impossible. So some things are going to fall to the wayside. Oh, but I'll get a negative review. So get a negative review. It's not going to change anything. Exactly. What are they going to? What are they going to do? Fire you because there's so many people lined up at the door that want to take your job right now? Exactly. No. <laughs> no. Just let some things fall to the wayside. I have found that the more I tried to, I bought a planner this year for the first time. I think it's in my bag. Um, <laughs> I. The more I try to manage my time, the more I try to line things out perfectly, I'm going to do this, this, this is the more it falls apart because you know what you can't plan for Murphy's law. You can't, you can't plan for that kid coming to your room when you're trying to eat your lunch on the way to the copy machine. You can't plan for them to just disrupt everything. You can't plan for that random text message. You know what you can't plan for? You can't plan for a mental breakdown in the middle of your week. Amen. And so let some things fall and realize that good enough is good enough. Mm -hmm. I can be really dynamic as a teacher. And okay with paperwork and, yeah. you know, really not great at sending emails to parents. And I'm not really good at sending emails to parents, <laughs> but ask my students how they feel about my instruction. Ask, ask my students how they feel about my teaching. Ask the teachers who are coming to me for advice in my building. Gosh, do you, do you think his email is the really important thing? No. So there, there's my, there's my strategy for time management. Don't manage it. That's another really good point because so many times teachers learn time management for being like a type A teacher. And it's like, yeah, like that works for you. But what about those teachers that's 
not their personality type. Like that's not something that works well and feels good for them. So I think you spoke to those teachers who were like, I bought those planners. I bought five of them. Like it's not working for me. It doesn't make me feel good. It's actually making me feel more stressed out. So that's like a whole different perspective to those teachers and gives them that kind of permission slip that it's okay to not have to plan everything. You don't have to manage your time like everyone else. You can let things fall to the wayside and that's okay because ask your students. Those are the important opinions. And because you're like the first male that I've had on the podcast, I've always been curious because it always seems like females come onto the podcast. They're always telling me about these things that they do for self-care. But from a man's perspective, what's your self-care go-to? Like, what do you do for self-care? It's going to be such a man response. <laughs> I, I go to the gym. <laughs> I go punch stuff. No, I don't. Um, I go to the gym. I might go for a drive uh, or a walk. Just you know, and my wife's like, what are you doing? This is weird. It's 10 o'clock at night and I'm just going to go walk on the highway. Um, I'm okay. I just, I'm, I need to just be in my own headspace because my brain never stops. It, it never, ever, I, I'm asleep planning things. Like it's just, it never shuts down. So for me, my go-tos are, um, okay. My guilty pleasure. Are you ready? 80s music. <laughs> especially 80s soundtrack music, Footloose, Top Gun, um, Rocky. Like if you give me, just get me in my truck with some Kenny Loggins and some Survivor and Robert Tepper. And I'm good, man. I'm, I'm okay. I, I'm fine. Hit the gym, relieve some stress. And uh, of course, coffee and chocolate. So yeah, you're like doing some real evidence-based stuff. And I really wanted you to share that so educators can see like self-care is gender neutral. But you said like music. And I just created this playlist because while I talk about being a resilient teacher, while I talk about all of these different strategies, I'm actively like having to do these things, right? Like to not burn out because I'm still in the classroom and I do still love my job. So sometimes I have to try some new things. I created this playlist that's like a bunch of songs with affirmations in them just to kind of like pump me up for the day, just to get like, you know, like those ones on TikTok, but the ones that actually resonate with me that I can feel, okay, I'm going into my day and this is what it is. And so many people don't talk about how music can be self-care, you know? Yeah, it's huge. Uh, have you ever seen Gone in 60 Seconds, mm -hmm. the Nicolas Cage movie? Yeah. So before they go out and, and do the big heist, yeah. he's like, they're all listening to the music and they're getting pumped. And he's like, now. <laughs> and and that's, that's me. Man. You know, that's what we got to do. And, and the default when you're sad is to listen to sad music. Uh, right. When you're angry is to listen to angry music. That's so not right. That right. is so the wrong approach. And And I do it. You know, I've got a playlist that is that's titled hurting, yeah. <laughs> you know? but I've also got a playlist that's workout music and I've got other go to songs. And sometimes you just need to, you know, I posted a TikTok yesterday. I don't have the ultimate cure for sadness, but I know I've never been sad listening to Journey. I know. I just saw that. I just saw that. <laughs> that was a good one. Exactly. Because Journey's got that upbeat, you know, and it just it's brings you love in your heart, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, put on the clothes that make you, I, I call it, put on a power outfit, man. People I'll show, I'll show up to work and I'm like, why are you so dressed up? Because this is my power outfit and yeah. I feel powerful. And they're like, guys do that. 
oh, heck yeah, guys have body dysmorphia just like women. Guys yeah. stress about how we look and all those things. And when you look good, you feel good, you do good. Yeah. Amen. And I think one of the biggest things that we have seen, you know, as teachers who post on TikTok is the number of educators like realizing their worth or leaving that profession. So what do you think that we can do in order to kind of change the system and keep high quality, passionate educators in the profession? I think we have to continue to reject the push towards standardization. Mm -hmm. Uh, As you know, in my... I'm going to get in trouble here, but I'll say my state and I'll leave it there. My state Mm -hmm. has doubled down on standardized testing. We had our opportunity in the pandemic to completely get rid of it Mm -hmm. because for a year it didn't matter. Nobody has to take the tests and it's okay. Um, So apparently it didn't matter for a year. Why does it matter now? Exactly. Um, But anyway, we've gone back to it because teachers don't control that. That is the legislature's. Mm -hmm. So realize that that stuff's out of our control. But what we can do is reject the push. I'm not going to teach to the test. And in seven years, I haven't taught to the test and my students consistently score above the district and above most of the state. I'm not saying that bragging. I'm saying that the more we focus on testing, the lower the test scores get or the more they stay the same. That There is pure research to prove that. Mm-hmm. So reject that. Um, and the other part is realize that your classroom is your sanctuary. You know, we say it all the time, shut your door and teach, but we don't. We shut our door and we stress out about our reviews and we stress out about getting graded and we stress out about all the work we have to do. And that one kid hits us at the wrong time and our classroom management strategy goes out the window because we're so up here all the time. Mm -hmm. Look, I said double down on kindness. You can't double down on kindness if you're totally stressed out. Exactly. I'm I'm able to do that because I've just decided... Look, all this stuff's out of my control. I'm going to go- eventually they're all going to come to me and ask, what are you doing to get these test scores up? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell them, oh, nothing. I don't I don't even know what the test scores are. I'm not looking at them. I don't care about that data. Mm-hmm. Well, how do you get it? Because I'm actually teaching. Mm-hmm. And that's what it comes down to. Just be the teacher. Find your community. My community. I had to reach out. You know, I found my community on TikTok. One of my closest friends is Brett Colley. We've never met in person. We met through a flare pin war on TikTok. <laughs> yeah. I said, I don't like flare pins. And he came back with a video saying flare pins for life. And I'm like, no, G2 pilot for life. And so we're going back and forth. And next thing you know, we're checking on each other. Uh, I've got to text him back here in a little bit because he checks to see how I'm doing. Uh, ever since my mental health break da- breakdown, he was one of the people that was there for me. Yeah. So find your community, shut your door and teach, but shut your door and teach without thinking about those stupid reviews. Yeah. They're not going to fire you and they're not going to be something that helps you get promoted. Right. They're just a tool. They're a weapon against you. Mm-hmm. So take the power away by saying, oh, well, look, he's got a knife. Eh, that's cute. Yeah. Like I've said this time and time again, like if we're going to make a change in the system, it's not going to be the burned out teachers. It it can't be. They just don't have the energy for it. They're stuck in fight or flight. They don't. So, so we have to start kind of pushing back so that we do have more control over how we feel in the classroom, how we're doing in the classroom. And I just love that you're kind of reiterating the fact that if you're doing what you know is best, if you're staying in control of your classroom and saying, you know, this is what I teach. This is who I teach. And I'm focused on what I teach and who I teach and not a test. And I'm really bringing all of that together. It's really important. And I just 
also love that you said you found your community on TikTok because I feel like a lot of the teachers that I talk to will message me and say, well, I don't have anybody to talk to. I'm really struggling with this. And they don't have that community in their building. They don't have that camaraderie. And I wouldn't say that I don't really have that, but I would say that a lot more of my community is on social media because I'm able Mm -hmm. to actually find those teachers like you, like my friend, Natalie, who's big on engagement in the classroom. My friend, Rachel, who also does burnout and life coaching, those people who share common interests and values. And you can't always align with those people in that way in your building, you know, Mm -hmm. like you can't get those people that check in on you and I know that you and Brett have a podcast, which I'll want you to talk about in just a few minutes that most teachers are really going to love listening to. But for educators who are really struggling with their mental health, I've been there, you've been there, who've lost their passion for teaching, who want to love teaching, but just can't find the energy, the clarity to do so. What is something you would tell that teacher to really get them pumped up or to start putting themselves first? Like, what's the number one thing? So I I can't answer it in one thing. So I'm... Sorry, but I got to do a two part. Um, Number one is realize you signed a contract and you agreed to benefits. And in those benefits are sick days and vacation time. They are yours. Stop. And this goes for everybody. And it doesn't matter. Just teachers. Stop allowing your employer to guilt you out of your vacation and sick time. Take your days. Oh, well, there won't be anybody to come. I'm not saying leave your team hanging. I'm not saying just abandon your team all of a sudden. Take your vacation time. Take your sick days if you need them. Go to the doctor. Go get your vision checked. I have not had my vision checked in two years. You know what I'm going to do next week? I'm going to schedule an appointment. I schedule an appointment on Friday for Wednesday. I'm taking Wednesday off. Yeah, and the I'm going to go take care of my stuff and, and do whatever I got to do uh, because that is your right. You agreed to a contract. Why is it your employer gets more than what you, they agreed to on their half, but you get half of what they agreed to give you? Mm-hmm. So do that. Um, Take care of yourself by realizing that you have time available to you. And two, actually do it. Schedule the appointments and and take a a really good inventory. Um, I personally think every everybody should go through therapy. It has been life changing for me. Uh, I could give you all the motivational speeches in the world. You know what the problem is with the motivational speeches and the YouTube videos and the songs? They end. Mm hmm. But the things that happen through therapy continue on. I haven't spoken to my therapist just by the nature of the appointments through the the VA and things like that. I haven't spoken to my therapist in a couple months. But what we did in the time together and what will continue on pretty soon has has got me through the tough times because I was working on me. Mm Mm-hmm. If you are just saying, oh, I need a day off and you're sitting in front of the couch, you're not really taking care of you. You're right. just disassociating. You're you're taking a break. No, you really need to do the work of get in there, pull back the scars, rip off the band-aids mm-hmm. and see where you need to be fixed and start doing the fixing. And it's going to be hard, but you're going to be a better person from it. Yes. And I've got to say it, you are a speaker. There are so many golden nuggets in this episode. And 
I've said that before. Like some people think, <laughs> oh, well, I'll take a day off. And I've shared, no, you've got to start putting those days on a calendar like in advance if that's something that makes you feel better. Like go ahead, look at your calendar, look and see what months you are not going to have any break and go ahead and schedule those appointments in, those days in so that you are taking those days and your administration has adequate time to prepare so that you have adequate time to prepare and take that day. But then people take that day and they're just sitting on the couch. They're sitting in front of the TV and just disassociating and not really making that change. They're not really doing anything to pour back into themselves. They're just kind of like putting it on the back burner. And then they're just going to pick it up right back when they get back to their classroom. But what you do through therapy, and I went through therapy as well, like that lasts so much longer when you're constantly thinking about those things and constantly doing that inner work. And so I really love that you brought all of that together and from a male perspective too. Um, It's just kind of universal. So back to the podcast that you have with Brett, you and Brett have never met in the person, but you've met on the screen. (laughs) So you talk and you create this podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about the podcast? Yeah, absolutely. So the podcast is called Education Reclaimed, um, and it started in my breakdown. Uh, I was in a therapy session, and I was I was that guy like they could write a movie about this week. Uh, I won't go too deep into it because I have to get prepared for that. Um, but yeah. I was sitting there, and I'm just you know arms folded. And I'm, I'm not listening to anything anybody has to say. And this, this therapist, um, had the touch. She just, she just had the touch with her words and she broke through and she said, okay, so everything's falling apart for you. And I said, yeah, everything's falling apart. And she said, okay, so everything's falling apart. What, what can you do? I said, nothing. She said, are you breathing right now? I said, that's a stupid question. Of course I'm breathing. She said, but are you really? And I'm like, you know, but she said, you can stop and you can reclaim this next breath. And that, that got me, that got the poet in me like, Hmm. Uh, and you know, so I'm sitting there pretending like I still don't care, but I'm like my eyebrows up, you know? And she's like, you can reclaim this next breath and then reclaim another breath. She said, you're trying to live day to day. You have to live breath to breath. And Now that you've reclaimed your breath, now look around. What can you reclaim in your immediate vicinity? Okay. I can reclaim uh, what I'm putting into my body. I can reclaim what I'm listening to, where I'm going, who I'm talking to. I can reclaim my perspective. And I'm like, okay, lady, whatever with the the wisdom and nuggets of awesomeness, whatever. So she walked away and I, I kept thinking about it. And it led to this thought process of, I can reclaim this next breath, but now what can I, what can I claim in my life? And I realized I can reclaim my classroom. I can reclaim my personal value. And so it started with, I am worthy. I matter. I am loved. You know what? I could tell other people that because it feels so good to tell myself. I can tell other people that. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, and so that's the premise of the show. The premise of the show is reclaiming our pre- our passion one breath at a time. And so we bring on educators and interview them and see how they're reclaiming one thing. So how are you reclaiming your curriculum? How are you reclaiming growth over grades? How are you reclaiming your confidence? And realizing that it, it has to be a one at a time thing. Um, and and that's, that's just advice for anybody that's going through a mental health recovery 
you have to focus on one thing at a time and you have to give yourself the grace to uh, realize that, you know what, other things are going to be broken for a while, but I'm going to fix this one thing and that's going to allow me to fix the other things. So one breath, one step, one thing at a time. Gosh, yes, yes. So we're going to put that in the show notes so that everyone can go and follow your podcast because I think it really is powerful that it is one step at a time. We hear people say, like, it's just one step at a time. You just got to do a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. But you're really taking that and saying, here's that step you can take if that feels good for you. Like if that step feels good, how about this step? And it kind of gives people or educators a way to say, okay, I like that one. I'll try that. I'll try reclaiming this piece or I'll try reclaiming whatever the next step is. And it just kind of gives that roadmap to do one step at a time. Gosh, that's so good. And Chad, like, I'm so glad that we got to hang out. We got to chat today. You really are a huge inspiration for so many educators. Your mission is so needed with all of the things that are going on right now. So can you share where listeners can find out more about you, anything that you offer currently? I know you're a writer, so they might really be interested in what you have, like writing wise. Sure. So uh, chadpettit.com is the my hub for everything. So the podcast is linked there. There's a there's a tab for the podcast. So chadpettit.com, all my socials are there. So you can find me. Um you can uh find my random quotes that I that I tweet out. You can get a little sneak peek into my life where I, I show my wife and my kids on Instagram. Uh follow my TikTok for just all the all the craziness and the ranges of me. Um, but chadpettit.com, I have several blog posts and I'm going to continue to work on those, uh, writing instruction. I do offer consulting so, um, people can schedule that. Um, I'm available if you want me to come to your school and do a writing workshop or coaching. Uh, I'd really love to come to your school, to your district and talk to your people and help them become better and reclaim their stake in education. So there you go. Yeah. And so I'm going to put all of that in the show notes so that people can find you, then go and follow you. If they're not already, I'm sure they're already following you. But if they're not, you know, we'll put those links in the um, show notes for them to find. But thank you so much, Chad, for coming on. There are so many big nuggets that you you have in this episode, and I really cannot wait to share it with everybody. Thank you so much for having me on. It was it was kind of like therapy being on here today. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. My hope is just that by listening to his story, his perspective, his authenticity, it will help you recognize that you're not alone in this. So many of us have experienced that burnout and that breakdown. You'll notice this just by listening to any of the interviews with other educators. And this is absolutely why it is so important to find your identity outside of the classroom and your community that will positively support you. You don't have to accept that teaching has to be this constant cycle of a new year, same burnout. Things like therapy, diving into self-awareness, individualizing your unique recovery plan. These are all simple tasks that you can take, but it can be difficult to do that inner work that's necessary to reclaim your passion for teaching. The truth is that until you're self-aware, you know what you stand for, you really can't make an impact in your classrooms, your homes, your communities in a way that's going to satisfy you, light you up, because you're not in touch with who you are as an individual. You don't have that unique plan specifically for you with strategies that are going to help support your nervous system, your mindset, 
and authentic self-care and boundaries. The biggest piece is, yeah, you could DIY that, but without that accountability, that support from a community, those step-by-steps necessary to take in order to foster prioritizing yourself, like Chad shared, it can feel lonely, like you're on this hamster wheel of stress and anxiety, exhaustion, like it's just not worth it. Focusing on yourself and your strengths, aligning to your unique path so that you're able to make an impact you want to make in the classroom and outside of it, this helps you reignite that passion. To use burnout as a tool to realize what change you want to see in education, what change you need to make on a personal and professional level, then building yourself from that point to use your unique gifts to begin making those ripples needed to change our current system. I can't do this alone. Neither can Chad. Burned out teachers just don't have the energy to sustain doing that work. That's why I'm reopening the doors to the Individualized Educare program in the next few weeks for the last time this year. You're going to want to get on that wait list so that you can have access to special waitlist discounts before the doors open to the public. Be the first to know when, where, and what of the free masterclass that will be going live before the doors open and so much more. So head over to the show notes or teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash individualized educare program to learn more and get on that wait list. Don't forget, you are a resilient teacher. We are in this together. You've got this. Before you go, head over to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash podcast to check out any links, freebies, and resources discussed in this episode so that you can start recovering from or preventing burnout and reigniting your passion for teaching. If you liked this episode and it helped you or made you think in any way, I know it will be for other educators too. So subscribe and leave a review so more educators can find this community as well. Did you know that you can have an incredible impact on the teachers in your life? That's right. All you have to do is share what you learned today. Take a screenshot of the episode you're listening to and tell me and post it in your stories. What do you say that we start creating a trail for more teachers around us so that we can start to make the change in the system of education, how teachers are seen and respected, and for ourselves? I look forward to connecting with you more on Instagram at Teaching Mind, Body, and Soul or TikTok at Miss Princess Teach. I am always looking for an excuse to chat more about burnout, resilience, and teacher support. I'll see you in the next episode.